You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. What would Saskatchewan do with an offensive lineman? They wouldn't start him. <laughs> hey, can he play DB? <laughs> can he play quarterback? I feel like we have this discussion every week. Can Joey Chestnut play DB? Oh, that'd be the greatest. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, Hope our American friends had themselves a very good Independence Day. Joey Chestnut eats 74 hot dogs in the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. That is why I love America. That is absolutely incredible. Now, paging, Brazilian Thai, Brazilian Thai, Brazilian Thai. Are you alive? Barely. (laughs) Dude, I was actually starting to get concerned about you. Well, so Saturday night I get home, go to mom and dad's, watch the first half of the football game, and it was so bad. I'm like, okay, I'm going to the lake. (laughs) I went to the lake, full intentions of waking up Sunday morning, driving home, record with you, then go back because we were playing a slow pitch tournament in Maidstone. Wake up, have no idea where my phone is. Uh, (laughs) Turns out I left it out. I left it outside all night. Oh! Uh, (laughs) So it rained. Oh, no! Um, Yeah. Uh, Chrissy's mom had brought it inside when she went out for a smoke in the morning. It was drying on the cup counter. I turned it on and the screen was fuzzy and it instantly died. Oh no. So then I'm like, okay, okay. So I tried to plug it back in. It would only go up to like six, 7%. So I'm like, I'm screwed. And then we get out to Maidstone for ball and I went to turn it on and it was dead. So I couldn't even tell you that I couldn't talk to you. And it felt like I was, it felt like I was in the middle of nowhere. I felt lost. <laughs> yeah, how's life without a cell phone in 2018? Uh, drunk, that's for sure. <laughs> Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. I guess we just start with Thursday Night Football. Jeremiah Mazzoli is one game away from tying Sam the Rifle Echeverry in Kent Austin for most consecutive 300 yards games. The Ticats are seven-point favorites. The Riders actually smashed the Ticats last year. They swept the season series and outscored them by almost 30, 64-39. to 39. We start with the Hamilton side of the ball. I know a lot of people look at Mazzoli as a very attractive play this time around. I guess he doesn't have the biggest sample size. He doesn't have the best track record against the Riders either. Not, not the best. Um, that being said, this, de- this Rider defense isn't good right now, especially with Deron Carter at corner. I don't know who he's going to be covering uh, tonight, well, uh, there's no way you put tall, put him on Tolliver. You can't put him on Banks because we saw we saw that Williams and Spencer just run right past him. Um, you know, if Luke Tasker should be on the inside, so I don't know how how you how you cover there. And you know, Jalen Saunders is he destroys the Riders uh, fantasy wise. So I 
I'm if I'm if I'm a betting man, I'm thinking Masoli might have a big night. So so far, the Riders have the fourth worst pass defense defense as far as yards allowed, but they have the best rush defense in the league. And we saw late last week the Riders actually moved Ed Ganey out to corner. It was it was almost like they were trying to hide Deron Carter a little bit. We'll get to the Riders' side of the ball. Can you blame them? Uh, uh, yeah, I can't blame them. We'll, we'll talk about the Riders soon enough. But the Ticats here, I don't know if I like any of their running backs because of that rough rider rush defense. There's no denying how good they are. Timmis last week, if he didn't have the two touchdowns, you're like, well, that's a waste on my CFL fantasy roster. So, so far this season, it kind of seems you need a Timmis touchdown. Now, there are, uh, listed on the depth chart, John White is there, Timmis is there, Whitlock is there, Thomas Erlington is there. I don't know if I really trust having any of the um, Ticat running backs. They could get, they could blow up and get you, you know, some touchdowns, get you some points, but I don't know if the floor is really there. Well, Nikita Whitlock was listed as a starter last week and got zero points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Um, you know, Mercer Timmis is now tied with Mike Riley for the rushing touchdown lead. So there is something to be said about that. I, I know they're, they're not the prettiest runs, and you, they used them in a lot of situations that benefited him. Uh, 27.7 weeks ago, only 13.3 last week. And like you said, two touchdowns, so it would have been 1.3 without those. Uh, that defensive front for Saskatchewan is 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 to be feared, and that being said, at three thousand dollars, Mercer Timmis might get you twelve points. Uh, at the same time, he might get you nothing. Uh, I don't know which which defense is going to show up. Uh, the problem is is that pass defense isn't the greatest. So if they can pass the ball and get a lead, a big enough lead where they can just pound the rock. Uh, there's a chance that they could put up numbers. So is this right? Terrence Tolliver averages almost 25 points against the Rough Riders. Terrence Tolliver has played only one game against Saskatchewan Ah. in the last three years, so it is a small sample size. However, he did score 24.9 points in that game. And he he averages 16, so... Yeah, and he's really coming into his own... It's kind of similar to... uh... Eric Rogers, I would say. Tolliver got his touchdown last year, and it looks like he's only getting more and more targets from Mazzoli. Oh, for sure. And you look at it, Eric Rogers didn't really play last year. Tolliver played, what, one quarter? One snap, I think. One, Yeah, like it takes a little time to get back and into the rhythm of things, and it looks like he's he's starting to get there, if not already there. So uh, at under under $6,000, it's it might not be a bad play. Brandon Banks is a very popular pick this week, but he's going to cost you over $8,200. He actually only does uh, average just over 11 points against the Riders, but we saw last week that he was back returning kicks as well, and he might be doing that again. Judging by how many running backs that the Tiger Cats are dressing, maybe... They are going to have Banks back on returns against this year. Uh, yeah, he is a popular pick. He is going to cost you as well. I have him in my lineup, which probably means don't pick him. Yeah, that's, that's a safe bet. 
<laughs> Dude. Much, much like much like my pick them last week. Like if you if you picked against me, you had a decent week. So I had Marcus Thigpen last week. If he if he would have had <laughs> that eighty yard touchdown, hell yeah. Shaq Johnson, I had him for the Lions, dropped a massive play against the Eskimos as well. So we can now call it the Kura curse. It's brutal. I look at numbers and I'm like, okay, well, you know, historically this guy's had a good game. Then he goes out and lays an egg. So it it's ha- six and one half a dozen the other. I, I'm just going to blame you, though. <laughs> that's the easy way out, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I'm sure that's what Taylor does as well. It's, just, it's I always your think, fault. I actually think that Tasker might be in tough a little bit working inside. Oh, with the linebackers that Saskatchewan's able to put out there, and they're still able to play a little bit of cover. Uh, he's going to have to work work hard to get his catches, that's for sure. He does have no fear, and I like that about him. Yeah, that I don't know how you cut across the middle consistently every week and still are able to play uh, with the consistency that he does. It's amazing. I, I do like Jalen Saunders. He averages right around 22 points against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and he quickly might be becoming one of the most underrated players in this entire league, actually. Yeah, he gets a lot of gets a lot of looks, uh, you know, and, and for Mazzoli, you know, he's able to roll out, and guys guys have to find a way to get open. He's only at 5400 bucks, uh, you know, that's below the average that you need for, <clears throat> sorry, to fill out an entire lineup. Wise, so I mean, it's not a bad pick, and he averages thirteen point seven over the last three years. So, what he's getting paid kind of matches his production a little better than than everybody else. Um, that being said, Mazzoli has so many options; it's it's kind of turning into the Bull Levi Mitchell effect, where you don't know who's going to get those targets each week. Do you like uh, picking the Jerry Glanville defense here? Oh, I would almost pick any defense against Saskatchewan at this point. <laughs> the the only thing is, uh, points do matter. So, uh, you know, if they if they can't get to bridge, uh, and they're able to give and they give up points, it, it might be a wash. Uh, you know, they don't force the turnovers like Winnipeg does, uh, but there is potential there to to get the turnovers because it is bridge. And we saw last week he was a little in over his head. It seemed to me. So you weren't here for Monday's show. Do you have anything you need to get off your chest after Saturday's loss against Montreal? Oh, do I ever. <laughs> so I get to the lake, and it's a fish fry. And a couple of my buddies love football. Not really big fans of the CFL, but they, they so know they that we football. do this. And Well, they love NFL football and college. <laughs> They're just not big fans of CFL, but... They they entertained it, and, you know, we talked about it. Um, do you know how many offensive linemen Chris Jones dressed on Saturday night? Well, it was probably five. Yep, that was it. You know who the backup was? Oh, I actually don't know. Eddie <laughs> Steele. Like, are you kidding? You only dress five offensive linemen. You're, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. Deron Carter at corner. You had all offseason to address this. Didn't do it. Mess him. You brought him in, paid him all that money, scratched. What is happening right now in, in Saskatchewan? I don't get it. It's embarrassing. I think I honestly believe in my heart of hearts that me and you could do a better job being the GM of this team. 
I, I, I have no idea what Jones is. How do you only dress five offensive linemen? How does I, – I get six, you know, six, six would be six or seven. Yes, that I think that every team, almost every team does that. Sure, you have one guy that, you know, can play either guard position and maybe another guy that can play either tackle position. And one of those guys can play center if need be. But to only dress five and then have Eddie Steele as your backup offensive lineman, give me a break. That is embarrassing for Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Absolutely embarrassing. To contrast, the Tiger Cats for this game against Saskatchewan have dressed nine offensive linemen. Yeah. It, it is so easy for an offensive lineman to get hurt. It, it, you get rolled up on from behind. You know, it, it, it doesn't take much to step step on the guy beside you, step on his ankle and either hurt him or you roll your own. It, it's such a physical position. There's no way that you should only be starting five. It, it is stupid. It is a joke what Chris Jones has done to the depth of this team. And And look at it now. Look at the depth chart again this week. Like, I I don't understand where these ideas are coming from on his point. Like, it it makes zero sense to me how this team is getting run right now. Zero. And I, I thought I thought that Jones was a really good GM. You know, he made some moves and it looked like Yeah, so we're we might have a shot here to maybe host a home playoff game. Granted, Kalaros hasn't played a full season in a while. But you know, obviously he doesn't think Bridge is the guy. I, I still don't think Bridge is the guy. But, you know, you can't foresee Kalaros getting put on the sixth game like he was. And just the lack of depth and, that being said, Canadian depth on this team, it, it, it's, ugh, it, it is disgusting. I don't think it's unreasonable to uh, say that They're Jones... finishing last in the West. ...that Jones is a good coach. And Jones, the GM, is also letting down... Jones, the coach here, and I, I will say this: he's never stopped trying to improve the team, but he's a little quick on the on the trigger figure. Um, Travis Bond gets cut, and Harrison, who comes in at right guard because he apparently outplayed Travis Bond, is now not even on the roster. And mm-hmm. Travis Bond is now beasting it with Edmonton. You saw what they did last week on the ground against BC. So Edmonton says thank you very much. But the Riders did make some moves this week. They did say Brandon Bridge is going to start. They end up signing offensive line and lineman Braden Schramm from Hamilton. He was a draft pick there last year. But as you see, uh, I, I don't think he's a bad player. But Hamilton has so much Canadian talent. They just... They had to let him go. They absolutely had to let him go. So maybe he gets to start seeing some time next week after the bye week. Um, they end up signing a defensive back as well, Matt Elam. He was a first-round pick for the Baltimore Ravens in 2013. Obviously, he can't practice once and have a walkthrough and get on the mm-hmm. field. Uh, they also trade defensive lineman Eric Stryker to Toronto for a neglister, Denard Robertson. Um, I, How many American running backs do we need? Yeah, <laughs> that that's kind of a foolish one. I, I, I have no doubts that Robinson has some talent for sure, but you have Thigpen, you have Mason, 
I, I don't get it. I don't get that one. Like at some point, you got to pick a guy and stick with him. Like right now, you might as well ship mess him out if somebody will take him because you're obviously not going to use him. And we had the discussion earlier in the year, and I thought you were crazy. I literally thought that you were just looking to get me riled up. <laughs> and I, I did. And then I watched that first half of football, got out to the lake, looked in the cabin window. I'm like, I'm not going in there. This game was on the TV. Darren was watching. I'm, like, I'm not going in there. I'm going to the garage. I, I can't watch that. And it, they keep bringing these guys in. And I, I get it's a physical game and you need that death, but... At some point, we, they got to figure this out. Granted, by the looks of things, they're going to have six offensive linemen, so still a little thin. And then I'm, I'm assuming Messam's going to be scratched, and you know one of the one of the middle linebackers, unless because Robinson can play quarterback, it, he's done it. I, I don't think that's what he's brought in here for. But I I'm, I don't understand why. But granted, it's only a negless thing, so it doesn't yeah, necessarily so he, mean anything. So you literally got nothing for Eric Stryker. But Messam, it honestly looks like he is only there in case an offensive lineman gets hurt, and then they can put an American at right guard and then bring Messam in, which is a weird way to build your team, man. <laughs> it, it's totally bizarre. But what what happens if a DB gets hurt in this game? Um, Christian Jones played some DB in Alabama, so it looks like their bright idea is if a DB gets hurt, then Christian Jones moves to play defense as well. Uh, <laughs> it is it is a delicate situation. If they have an injury at O-line or DB, they've been pretty lucky when it comes to injuries so far other than Zach Caleros and Nick Marshall, but any more injuries and they're in deep trouble. You know, I, I can't even I can't even call Montreal a dumpster fire anymore. After this past week and what I what I see in the depth chart right now. It things are not good in Saskatchewan. I took them to finish fourth. Like I I didn't know how much they would really be improved and Chris I don't have a lot of faith or trust for in Chris Jones. And it's starting to rear its ugly head now. I, I, I honestly believe that they might only win a handful of games again. We're in, they're taking a step back this year, and it's 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 all on Chris Jones' shoulder because of the lack of depth. Well, it's year three of the rebuild, and they have definitely regressed from year two. Let's go through the riders really quickly here. We spent a lot of time on them. Um, I think there are three players you might want on your team, maybe four. Uh, would you start Brandon Bridge? No. Not not it's not even up for discussion for me. Hamilton's defense is pretty good. And Bridge Bridge looked to be in over his head and looked like he was not a not a ready to be a starting quarterback in this league. I uh just playing around with lineups, I had Bridge in one and and then you really think about it, if he falters at all they're just going to throw you three in points. There. So yeah, uh, as much as I like the price tag at fifty three hundred dollars, if he gets yanked by after throwing one or two interceptions, then uh, they're just going to throw Watford in there, and then it's just uh, a wasted pick there. I think Fig Pen. You might as well put Watford in your lineup and hope Pedro gets pulled. <laughs> <laughs> 
or is that too mean? <laughs> but on the other hand, he could go off in this game. I I'm not saying that that is not in the realm of possibility. I actually think that Figpen could have a better game at four thousand dollars. He is in my lineup. We saw the first play from scrimmage last game. They tried to hit him on an 80-yard bomb. If that connects, the game probably goes completely different. Naaman Roosevelt does Naaman Roosevelt things. He averages just over 18 points against the Tiger Cats. And Caleb Hawley averages just under 14 points. So maybe some nice options. I would probably leave the Ryder defense alone at uh, $4,900, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, like the only thing they seem to do is be able to stop the run. Yeah. And uh, all Masoli has to do is get out of the pocket uh, let's face it, Saskatchewan's defense can get pressure against almost any O-line in this league. Uh, we haven't seen them play Winnipeg yet, so we'll see what happens there uh, later on the season. But if Masoli gets outside the pocket, he's going to have time to find guys. And the receivers that he has, they, they can put up yards don't count against you in fantasy. It, it's this, the points that the team puts up. And Masoli is an elusive quarterback, so the sack number might not be there. Uh, it I think they'll be hard pressed to get turnovers against against the Hamilton offense, and I think they're going to give up a lot of points uh, considering what a- Hamilton averages on the road. So I'd, I'd stay far, far away, especially at the price tag they're at. Well, and I think teams game planned for Deron Carter when he was on offense. But that worked out to the Riders' advantage because then it opens up space for Roosevelt and it opens up space for uh, Hawley and guys like that. Now they're game planning against him on defense, but for a completely different reason. And he's in he, just He's the new Marcel Young. <laughs> Basically, he's in just as tough as he was last week against Brandon Banks. And it's going to be... Uh, a chirping battle between those two. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Mazzoli protects the ball for the most part, but who do you pick? I got to take Hamilton. They average 28.3 points on the road. Uh, they're first with just under 350 passing yards a game, third with 121 rushing yards a game, and they, they've had, they have over 1,300 total yards, and that's first in the league. It's Saskatchewan right now. I just have no faith. I'm going to go Riders here for the upset. Um, I got 10% confidence here on pick'em.cfl.ca. They have See, to... I, I go all in every time. You Every time, eh? Yeah, they every time. They have to come out desperate here, and if they don't win this game, I don't think they're going to win at Tim Hortons Field, and I think they realize that. So they have to come out fired up, and I think it's going to be a lot closer game that people people think Hamilton's going to stomp them, but Hamilton... I think Hamilton covers for sure. Hamilton, they kind of they kind of struggle in in Saskatchewan, and uh, I don't think they're going to win by more than a touchdown, but you do, eh? Yeah, I, I just think that their, their offense compared to Saskatchewan defense right now is miles ahead, especially with the pass game. Okay, Ottawa is six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Montreal Alouettes. Ottawa beat Montreal three times last year and outscored them by 51. So <laughs> they, Sounds about right. They smashed them. Uh, the Red Blacks are going to be without Kyrie Zibair due to suspension after his hit on Devaris Daniels last week. So maybe that opens up uh, for Tyrell Sutton uh, a little bit. But Trevor Harris, he is $8,600. Maybe is the best value pick for 
the uh, quarterbacks this week. But if you take a look at things, the Alouettes are top four when it comes to pass defense this year. So it, it doesn't. It, it's not that much of a slam dunk. However. They've given up the most passing touchdowns in the league, so <laughs> you give and take a little bit there. Like you said, they're giving up the most, and with this with this receiving core of Ellingson, Spencer, and Sinopoli, there's a chance there could be a lot more touchdowns through the air this week for Ottawa. Uh, and like you said, Trevor Harris is a great value pick, especially at you know eighty six hundred bucks for what he's what he's produced against Montreal is probably not a bad pick. Uh, and to help out that passing game, they got William Powell. He's going to be expensive, and he only averages 10.5 uh, against the Owls, but there is that possibility there for him to, to have a big game, especially if they're able to get up early. It's hard to fit Powell into a lineup. It is really tough, yeah. Because he's more he's the most expensive non-quarterback, I think, in the entire game. Uh, yeah, he might be. Which, yeah, that really hampers what you can do with the rest of your lineup <laughs> yeah. if you're going to have, if you're spending seventeen to eighteen thousand dollars on a quarterback and one running back, uh, it's pretty tough to fill up the rest of your lineup with guys who are going to produce. It looks like Jeff Matthews is going to be starting for the Alouettes, and that basically means Noel Thorpe and his defense in in Ottawa is probably the most popular pick this week. And at only thirty three hundred dollars, yeah, they're cheap. Uh, you know, in the last three years, they've averaged eight point two points against Montreal. So, uh, there, there's a possibility there for a big point point night for the Ottawa defense. As for the Alouettes, they actually give up a first round pick to select Tyler Johnstone in the supplemental draft, but. There were a ton of other teams willing to give up their first-round pick. I think Calgary was in there. Saskatchewan was in there as well. He actually played at the University what would, of... What would Saskatchewan do with an offensive lineman? They wouldn't start him. <laughs> hey, can he play DB? <laughs> can he play quarterback? <laughs> I feel like we have this discussion every week. <laughs> can Joey Chestnut play DB? Um, the... <laughs> oh, that'd be the greatest. <laughs> he... Now, Calgary tried to slip this one by everybody because he was on Calgary's nag list because you can't put a Canadian on a nag list, right? But they found out that this kid's dad was born, I believe, in Calgary. That means that he was eligible for Canadian citizenship, so he goes to the draft instead of straight to Calgary. But that was one of those uh, tricky ones that Calgary was uh, trying to slip by everybody. Oh, but cheating again, eh? <laughs> but Cavis Reed, uh, they were able to get his rights and bring him to Montreal there just because they were the worst and they had uh, the highest first round draft pick to give up for that one. But mm -hmm. that's a good get for the Alouettes. Now, just tell me, are you starting anybody? No. <laughs> I, no. I, I actually think Sutton might not be the worst pick, and maybe that's about it. He's under six grand, nine point three, thirteen point six overall. Uh, BJ Cunningham under forty two hundred dollars, averages eighteen point seven against Ottawa. That was before Northolk got there, uh, and he doesn't have a quarterback this yeah. week. That is worth even talking about in the fantasy aspect of things. So I would Tyrell Sutton maybe. Other than that, I would stay far away from this offense.
and and probably the defense. Jeff Matthews did have a few nice throws to uh, Chris Williams. <laughs> All he had to do is run one route. That is that is it, and that, that's yeah, going to be pretty easy to throw Ottawa. to a guy when he's wide freaking open. <laughs> you picking Ottawa? Yeah, you're going to notice a trend in my picks this week. I, I took a page out of your book. Uh, Montreal allows 29.9 at home, and I've only won three games at home since 2015. They Holy also crap. allow 380. Also allow 388 yards a game this year, which is the third highest. So I, I think I think Ottawa comes out and comes out flying and puts up the points. The Eskies are five point favorites over the Toronto Argonauts. They split the season series last year. They were very closely matched. These teams. Toronto outscored Edmonton 61 56. Here is CJ Gable talking about whether he thinks the offense fires on more cylinders and is more complete when he's in the lineup. I don't feel like I'm like the biggest part of it. You know, I just do me. Uh, just make sure I get my blocks for him and, and so Mike can make the plays. But, you know, I just bring my physicality to the game. You know, I just, whenever I get the opportunity to play, uh, opportunity to get the ball, you know, I just go hard. And I guess they sometimes they feed off that. And, uh, and I make sure that when I get my blocks right, I make sure Mike can get it off. So, Everything can be complete, so I feel like I can I can come in a little bit contribute, but I'm, I don't think I'm like the biggest part of everything. CJ Gable just way too humble, man. <laughs> come on, and he, you, you he's, can, he is so good. He is so good, he, and I think he might have it. a good week. So the Argos they release Khalil Bass, Bear Woods is hurt, Taylor Reed is hurt. He might be able to do some damage, especially with Travis Bond back into the lineup for the Eskimos. Mm-hmm. But he might, he might be a good pick for the Eskies. They did make some changes this week. Alan Michael Cash has been signed, as well as 2017 draft pick defensive lineman Mark Mackey. Now, Kwaku Boateng missed practice Tuesday, may miss this week's game, hopefully not more, but those two signings on defensive line may be show that he is going to miss some time. It looks like Bryant Mitchell is going to get into his first game of the year, and this is really cool. So Len Rhodes, CEO of the Eskimos, spent some time up north, and it looks like they don't have any plans to change their name right now, but I do think it's a class classy move and a, a good thing to do for them to consult the people of the north when it comes to their name. I, I think that's huge for him to go up there and it, it's reaching out, uh, you know, and giving them a voice. Um, you know, you, you, I, I, it's hard for me to be anything but indifferent on this situation because I am not Inuit. I am not from. I am not from Northern Canada. Yeah, I, I don't believe that that the word Eskimo can offend me. Um. I don't think I have the – I just don't think that I have I, – I don't think I should be the one to even talk about initiating change with it. It needs to come from the people who feel wronged by the name. Um, at, at this time, it, with reaching out and the discussions that are going on, nothing's going to change for now. That that could change in the future, but I just, I just don't think that we're in the right uh, demographic to try to force change. Um, I think it needs to come from – from the people who may feel wrong by it. Absolutely. Well, I 100% agree with you. Now, is there a bad option on this Eskimos offense? Uh, Duke Williams only averages five points, but, I mean, 
He averages 18.9 against everybody else. How many times uh, has Duke played Toronto? Twice, the two games last year. But, I mean, you got Mike Riley. Uh, Mike Riley, as usual, 14,000. It That seems like it's going to be there all year. It's not going to change. Yeah, if you want him, sure go get like him. It. If you want him, go get him and then, you know, deal with the rest of your lineup not being as good. Uh, unless you can find some gems, which we hope we help with. Uh, C.J. Gable, 15.5. Darrell Walker, 17.5. Bryant Mitchell, 11.5. These guys, and Kenny Stafford averaging 21, and he's under $4,000. Averaging 21 points against the Toronto Argonauts. So that being said, there are options, uh, and I don't know if there's a bad one. Uh, just keep your eye on if Brian Mitchell's going to be in or not. Duke Williams, I think, is a safe bet and is under five thousand. Um, and even the defense at thirty four hundred, uh, I think, is is a good pick this week as well. And now the Duke is playing inside. He played wide last year, so he's playing a different position so far. And he is second in the league in targets, I think, right behind um, Brandon Banks. Brandon Banks. So uh, he's the also, guy's going to have a big year. Him and Walker are one two in receiving yeah. yards. So I mean, this this offense picked up right where it left off. As for Toronto, we, we go to James Franklin talking about whether it's an advantage or a disadvantage having his first start against the team he practiced against for three years. Um, I mean, it's good and bad. That's, you know, some would say that it's a benefit that I've kind of had to go against the defense or see the defense uh, the last three years. But at the same time, I mean. It's still practice. It's not live. Uh, you know, all the players know practice is a little bit different than the game. Um, the biggest reason being because you can actually tackle and get hit and things like that. So, um, I mean, I, I it's kind of funny how it works out that it is, it is my first start, but I don't think it's necessarily an advantage, and I don't think it's a disadvantage. I think it's just it, it, it is how it is, and when we go out there and play, uh, I mean, I know some people will probably say that, if, if I uh, do well, it's, oh, yeah, well, he's had some experience. Or if I do bad, it's like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> that didn't help at all. So uh, I think he's going into it. I'm, I'm excited to see a lot of the guys and then get to play against them. I know that they're going to definitely give me a hard time out there, and especially Mondo. He always would joke around in practice and say, you know, that's a sack, Frank. And I always say, no, I'll break in that tackle. But unfortunately now <laughs> I'm going to have to try and prove that if you get to hold of me. But. No, I'm I'm excited for it, and I think that you know whatever happens going to happen. I don't think it's an advantage or disadvantage that I was with them for the last few years. Now, a couple things here. I, I think this kid may have learned a few things from Mike Riley when it comes to interviews, and <laughs> we've talked about uh, the Argos struggling with having somebody to market. And I love Ricky Ray. I, I think everybody loves Ricky Ray, but he's such a even keeled, humble guy. James Franklin, though, young, happy. The, the guy's the guy's smiling all the time. Looks like he's just having fun. I think if this kid comes in and has a great few years with the Argos, he he, he should be all over Toronto. Oh, for sure. You, you know, they had James Wilder Jr. in studio on Sportsnet uh, during the bye week, and that, he nice. was a great interview as well. So, I mean, there is. I don't want to call it star potential. The marketability uh, of a couple of these guys that they have in Toronto right now uh, it is 
through the roof. We don't know how long James Wilder's going to stay. He might be gone after this year, but while you have him, why not sell him and try to get butts in the seats? Uh, granted, it has it was better than it was last year, but you want to make sure you you want to keep people coming back and to have those players that are sellable are huge. Now, I guess all of these players on Toronto had good years against Edmonton, and they have good games against Edmonton. They did end up releasing wide receiver Brian Timms and linebacker Khalil Bass, but James Wilder Jr. averages almost 39 points against the Eskimos. Small sample size. It's only one game. Uh, but he but had a big one. <laughs> he, he had a big one, yeah. That was uh, that was a big week last week. Uh, and then you got Martise Jackson, who's half the cost, uh, returning. Like, most of his points are going to come, uh, you know, spelling James Wilder and, excuse me, getting the return yards. So, I mean, if you look, if you need a value play in a flex spot because you've spent too much money, that might be one for you if you've got the little bit of wiggle room. Uh and all th- the two, t- their two top receivers are pretty cheap. Uh, Fifty eight hundred for S J Green, thirty five hundred for Monty Edwards. Uh, S J Green in two games against Saskatchewan, uh, just under twenty four points. Armani Edwards about seventeen point six. Uh, so those are definitely guys you can look at. Uh, they they don't have they don't have the guy that really stretches the field. Uh, but with the new PPR rules, uh, you know, any catch is automatically worth at least one point. So the, these guys could put up some big fantasy point numbers uh, catch-wise. Would you start James Franklin this week? $6,000. No. Nope. N- not even a consideration. Nope. Not even up for discussion. Uh, this is his, his first start in a, in a Mark Tressman offense. Granted, he, he throws a lot of high percentage passes. Uh I just it's a whole it's a whole new playbook and I don't think he's had the time had the time in in that system to succeed quite yet. When when he was when he was here in Edmonton, when not here in Edmonton, when he was in Edmonton, um it was a little different. He he had a lot of time behind Mike Riley, a lot of time in that same offense in practice. Uh so when he did come in in twenty fifteen, uh it it wasn't it wasn't as a plug and play but he looked a lot more comfortable. I think this is going to be a little tough for James Franklin these first couple weeks. Coming off the bye last year, the Argos beat the Eskimos. And then coming off the second bye, the Argos crushed the BC Lions. It was the last game of the season, so I'm sure the Lions didn't, you know, they were just playing their backups or whatever for that last one of the year. But I feel like having this bye week. Franklin might surprise me. I don't think he's gonna get absolutely smashed in this one. I, I can't really see that happening. He's got great coaches, obviously, around mm-hmm. him. Mark Tressman, Ricky Ray is still there. Anthony Calvillo is there. The kid is set up for success. And I'm not saying they're gonna win this game. But I think he might have a nice game. And I think that James Wilder Jr. is going to have his breakout game of the season. So far, he's done nothing. But I think in this one against Edmonton's, let's face it, they got a bit of a suspect defensive line so far this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the secondary has been able to kind of mask that in the past <laughs> because of how good they were and maybe even vice versa. But I think Wilder might have a big game. And at that price, if you feel the same way, you'd be foolish not having him in your lineup. Um, 
at that that being said though, we don't know when this guy's breakout game is and if you're still if you can get him at this price point where he's not through the roof yet, you should be starting him every week uh just in case. I've played really? uh with a few lineups, dude. I've I've put about 30 hours into lineups over the past two days and I've got some with James Franklin in there and it helps you. It helps other areas of your team. But either way, who are you picking? I'm taking the Eskimos second in pass yards per game, third in total offense, second in points. Uh, you know, they average over 26 points on the road while Toronto gives up the same at home. And I don't think Toronto is going to be able to run with them offensively. I'm picking Edmonton, but I think it might be a fun game. Um, Winnipeg. Four-point favorites over the BC Lions. I guess speaking of fun games, these two teams of the past two years have put Mm -hmm. on some shows. So the Lions beat the Bombers last year in the season series 2-1. They outscored them 101-95. to Are you kidding me? It doesn't get get much closer. It it literally (laughs) could only be three points closer. Marcel Young was... Targeted last week against Edmonton for the BC Lions. Part of that is because the Eskimos know Marcel Young. They he was an Eskimo, so that had to be their game plan. They, they were just they saw it firsthand. They were crushing Marcel. Now could Winnipeg do the same? Who really knows here? Uh, Winston Rose might be replacing Marcel Young at that spot. Now the Bombers give up a lot of yards. They Mm -hmm. have the league's second-worst pass defense, 302 yards a game. I don't know if Jonathan Jennings is a bad pick here, man. $7,843, averaging 17.7, and the chance to put up up a lot of yards. Uh, You know, 300 yards, that's 8. No, sorry, that is 12 points. And then you got to think maybe a touchdown thrown in there for 16, maybe 20. You know, maybe he gets a rushing touch. There's an opportunity here for Jennings to have a big week. The Bombers, though, they got an all right rush defense, just over 85 yards a game. So I don't know how mm-hmm. I feel about Jeremiah Johnson, although the Lions do need to get him involved. However, in the past, we've seen Chris Rainey get involved against Winnipeg. Yeah, 25.6 points a game. For Chris Rainey, and he is back returning kicks. Um, so I mean that that twenty five point six is in five games. So, like, that's not a very bad spot to be uh, if you're Chris Rainey, and at only sixty three hundred sixty six dollars. Um, it he doesn't take. He's been taking like Jeremiah Johnson's not getting the carries he was, uh, and Chris Rainey is the higher priced option. Um, he's you know he's getting a little bit of carries, he's getting some rush yards, uh, but a lot of it's coming on returns, and their, their return team has been uh, pretty good in front of him so far. Manny Arsenault and Brian Burnham, they're both nice options here against the Bombers secondary, I think. As for Winnipeg, Matt Nichols was back at practice. He took reps with the ones on Wednesday. Chris Strebler did, though, as well. O'Shea, of course, would not name a starting quarterback. If I'm a betting man, I am going with Matt Nichols here. See, and I go with Strebler. Really? Yeah. Why? I just, I just think I just think that the dual threat that he is, uh, is maybe, maybe he finds, maybe he has one more game where, you know, it's somewhat of a breakout and 
they get back to 500. If not, well, then Matt Nichols is your guy going forward. But I, I, I am, I know you're not supposed to lose your job to injury. But if the one guy is is better that come in, uh, you know, there's no reason that he shouldn't be given or be able to keep the job. That being said, there's now three weeks of film on Chris Trevler. Uh, might be a little harder for him to have have a big game, but he has been averaging 24.4 points. Uh, he's under seven thousand uh, dollars. So, but at the same time. Knowing Michael Shea, I I wouldn't be surprised if Nichols gets in there, but I I, I would start Strevler one more time. I might not start either quarterback if uh, you're not certain. Yeah, no, and you know you want you don't want to be left uh, having to pick your your quarterback on depth chart day when it comes out because you you might you might lose out on who you actually wanted. Uh, so make make that decision early, but and if O'Shea's not going to name a starting quarterback, I would stay away just because of the uncertainty. Either way, Andrew Harris is a safe pick. He's going up against his old team. Dressler has actually been having a nice season so far. He's getting plenty of targets. He's got a nice chemistry with Chris Strebler. So if Strebler plays, uh, I like Dressler, but it's not like he has a bad uh, bad chemistry with um, Matt Nichols either, but I think Darvin Adams has a better chemistry with Matt Nichols. And Darvin and Bowman, they're working on that side of the field where Marcel Young could be. (laughs) Maybe he's the guy that everybody picks on now. Well, after last week, I don't know how how you put Marcel Young back out there against Dembski, Dressler, and Bowman and Darvin Adams. Like any one of these picks could could get you fifteen points. Uh, granted, you know Darvin Adams or Darius Bowman probably your better options. Dressler and Nick Demsky more of your uh, end around possession short yard guys. Uh, but there is there is opportunity there for them to have some big games. Are you picking a win? Well, I don't know if you figured out my trend yet. I did. Uh, you, well then. I won't. I won't let you ruin it. I'll say it. I'm taking the Lions. Uh, Winnipeg gives up over 26 points at home. Defense is obviously susceptible to being exploited um, because of the, you know they try to ball hawk and you know they make plays on the ball instead of letting a guy catch it and make the tackle and keep the ball in front of you. Uh, that being said, I do think the Bombers cover the spread, so I'm expecting a super close game like we've seen uh, over the past couple of years. Going Bombers here, that home field advantage, I think, could rattle the BC Lions here. So I, I, I have to go with Winnipeg. And if Nichols gets back in there, yeah, you got to assume he's he's good to go. I know he's your favorite quarterback in the league. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for Winnipeg. Very quickly, run through your lineup. Trevor Harris, James Walder Jr., Chris Rainey, hoping for some return yards and maybe a touchdown. S.J. Green, somebody's going to have to bail out uh, James Franklin. Terrence Tolliver, huge target. Red Blacks defense. And because I didn't have a lot of money left, I had to get Caleb Hawley in there uh, with $132 to spare. All right. now, Right now, my lineup is Trevor Harris, Brandon Banks. This is susceptible to change, of course. It has changed 40 times since this morning. <laughs> Uh, I only got four texts. So. <laughs> Trevor Harris, Brandon Banks, Duke Williams, Brad Sinopoli, Andrew Harris, Marcus Figben, and the Ottawa defense. Now, I don't know if I if I 
I liked when I got Brandon Bridge in there because I could get Greg Ellingson in there as well. So I don't think I have the guts how, to do it, though. <laughs> how much money you got left over? I have 664 bucks. That's almost a deep, that's almost a whole nother player. Yeah, I know, but I, I don't <laughs> like anybody. Sinopoli's only 3500 and Thigpen is 4000 You don't get to another good running back until probably the $5,600 range. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. I'm going to close my eyes and leave that because it's a every every week I try to get to like 10 you know, ten dollars left. So I'm gonna leave that six hundred bucks. And if it screws me, well, then I quit. I'm never playing again. Yeah, I expect at least four or five text messages from you tomorrow, giving me your different lineups, <laughs> and then it'll be totally different come game time when I get back to the hotel. Yeah, and the, whatever lineup I settle on will put up seventy points, and I will snap and not have fun. Hey, all I'm. All I'm saying is if all of my players and the defense hit what their average has been, I'm going to have over 150. Well, that would be a big week. I would I would take it. All right, buddy. Well, uh, talk to you Sunday if you don't uh, go to the lake again. No, I will be at home. Uh, we just need to nail down a time to know whether or not I can record at home or if I have to drive here and do it. All right, buddy. Enjoy the games. It all starts tonight. Die Cats and Riders. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.